ladies and gentlemen, get those dollars ready. Coming up next to the stage on the Other Ground Podcast, it's your host, Passive J and Ryan. Good afternoon and welcome to yet another edition of Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. That's Ryan over there. Say hello, Ryan. Ladies and gentlemen, it is May the 12th, a Tuesday. I just spent 30 minutes on an airdyne and I may be having a heart attack live on air. <laughs> no, don't do that. At least wait till after the show is over. <laughs> I see the OG armies forming up in the chat box. Glad to have you guys here. It's going to be a fabulous show. Um, other than almost dying, uh, how's your day going, Ryan? You know, not too bad. Uh, got up at a decent time. Uh, was able to, you know, stay off work calls to the point that I could actually get like just a short cardio workout and not be so fat uh, before this damn thing started. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, we both know cardio is not uh, the fun thing to do, but I guess it's necessary. Uh, let's see. We got all kinds of topics. Actually, no, we don't. I couldn't think of anything to talk about for most of the day, so I've only got a couple things. But we have a couple, so we're going to make an attempt at a show anyways. Uh, Ryan, you got anything before we get started? Well, yeah, before we start there, how was bench day? Awesome. I think it's so far it's well since I've only done two out of the five uh five days you've assigned to me last week. Uh, but it's definitely my favorite day. Um I'm I'm getting more comfortable with things. I'm in a weird spot right now where I'm probably not using enough weight for certain things, but since I don't feel stable doing it, I'm gonna stick with that weight until I do. Uh, a good example are the skull crusher uh uh moves yeah, lifts with the dumbbells i'm not using a lot of weight at all and it doesn't it doesn't really feel like i'm using a lot of weight but i'm still kind of unstable putting them back behind my you know down and back up again i can feel like little twitches and stuff so i assume i should probably wait till that goes away before i move up the weight significantly yeah at least get used to to the movement so a lot of these things you've never done before uh so yeah definitely get your uh get your form dialed in get to the point that you can really feel, you know, the muscle, you know, stretch and contract. Um, like when you're doing a skull crusher, like specifically be thinking of the movement that the tricep is making mm -hmm. and that'll kind of keep your form in check. And then, yeah, once you're comfortable and not fucking up your form, move up and wait. Right. Now, the only big issue I'm having is uh, this is the second week in a row. I might have to change my form for the uh, rows, the dumbbell rows, because once again, uh, I had a harder time keeping my legs <laughs> slightly bent while I'm doing it than doing the actual move. And we spoke last week about that, how I uh, um, I found a way to that they showed me online a way to do it where you basically bent your knee slightly bent over the bench, put one hand on the bench and did rows with the other hand, uh, rather than the traditional one where you put a knee on the bench. Uh, I was under the assumption that that was just a bad idea altogether. Uh, but you did tell me that there are ways to do that safely. It's just the, the example that they showed me was a good example of a bad example. Yeah. Like I've always done the knee on the bench for one arm dumbbell rows. Um, all you gotta do is just focus on really, you know, contracting your core, making sure your back is flat. And you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this time, once again, I don't think I was using a ton of weight. Although, you know, my leg, my arms are starting to get tired, but my legs were fucking fried by the end of that. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, other than that, it went great. Um, uh, did full sets for everything. Um, then drank my post workout drink. Uh, stomach issues wise, uh, I woke up today, uh, yesterday, for example, I was probably at about an eight on how painful it was. Uh, I woke up today at a two, which is a good thing. Um, that's one of the reasons I'm suspecting it might not be IBS because uh, supposedly when you get a flare up for that, it lasts two to four days. And normally I feel a lot better the next morning. Um, stayed at a two for most of the day. Uh, had, you know, a couple burgers for a meal. Then uh, then I made a mistake of having uh, some leftover mashed potatoes uh, from a uh, uh, Kentucky fried chicken, which I assumed was safe because potatoes are on the list of things that's perfectly okay to eat. Unfortunately, there was probably dairy in it, and I probably and I didn't think about that until after I ate it. I have lactate pills, so I can occasionally eat dairy, uh, but I forgot about that. So either that or the cranberry juice, juice that I drank with it kicked me up to about a five, which is where I've been at all day. Uh, so not horrible, just uncomfortable. Um, yeah, it was eating the fast food potatoes. Yeah. Oh, well, cra well cra I'm going to have to do more research on the cranberry juice because 
it's like, for example, they list cranberries as one of the things you can eat, but it says cranberries, one tablespoon. I'm like, how does that, okay, what does that equal in cranberry juice? Because it's one, apparently it has, it has some of the things that can irritate your stomach, but they're at a low level. So you can eat small amounts of it, but just not large amounts of it. Uh, but I have no clue how that equals out to cranberry juice. And I think you're right. It's almost definitely the fast food potatoes because I, recall drinking the cranberry juice other days and not have any issues so we won't be doing that again <laughs> yeah it's a hundred percent the fast food potatoes and then obviously once you can get the right cranberry juice you're still pretty close but you still want to get like what i set out right 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 i just well i when i went on i i, I recall that conversation i went on amazon and looked at it and was and i was like holy fuck that shit's expensive <laughs> um so, um, and I, and I didn't buy it. I probably should have. I'll, I should probably take care of that right now. Uh, well, I don't think it was show. that bad. So it looked expensive, but it's like a package of like three or five bottles. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think there's something like that. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, I wish I should have went ahead and pulled the trigger. Uh, but uh, yeah, ironically enough, you think, uh, being in a moderate amount of pain would have me down. But after yesterday, I'm actually in a pretty good mood. <laughs> I never thought I'd be, I never thought I'd be at a point in my life where I'm perfectly acceptable having moderate pain as long as it's not horrible pain. <laughs> well, and the other thing, and I don't think you told anybody else this part yet. How did you sleep? I slept like a fucking baby. Holy shit. I took that GABA stuff that you told me to take. And I hope this isn't like melatonin where I take it for a week or two and it works great. And then it stops working because man, did I sleep good. My Fitbit said I got up pretty much as many times as I always do. But on the other hand, when I went back to bed, I went into a way deeper sleep each time. Uh, my Fitbit has always said that I wake up every hour or two and then doze back into light to restless sleep. And this time it showed quite a few times where I was able to get back into deep sleep. And it said I slept almost nine hours. Uh, I feel fucking, I felt fucking amazing when I got up slightly groggy, but that's to be expected. And surprisingly enough, I had fucked up dreams, very memorable dreams. Like I never remember my dreams for the longest time. I told people that I didn't dream. Um, but, uh, apparently I do. Uh, and I've had a couple since that conversation to let me know. I do dream. I just don't normally remember them. I remember all these dreams. I remember them right fucking now. Not like halfway remembering them after you get up. I vividly remember all the dreams that I have and I can tell you what they're about. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. I'm telling you like GABA is super underrated for fixing people that have trouble sleeping. Man, I, I'll tell you what. I woke up at like six o'clock and went back to and, and rolled back over simply because I was enjoying having dreams. I was like, wow, that's fucking awesome. Let's keep this going. Uh, and like I said, other than being kind of groggy when I got up for the first half hour or so, uh, I, it was amazing. Uh, I hope it's, it stays that effective forever. Yeah, just don't just don't get to the point where you're overthinking it because it's the same thing like um, the same thing that you can get as far as tricking yourself into thinking something works, you can do the same thing into thinking something won't work. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I definitely don't want, don't so, want to go in that direction. Yeah. Don't get into that like reverse placebo effect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm really happy about this. And as we spoke about earlier, perhaps you should open up a wellness company. Hey, I'm here for anybody that wants to fix themselves. If we can get enough people and testimonials behind me, Maybe I can make some money off of fucking doing this beyond just the people that I do train here and there. Right, Generally, right. they're like younger and like I'm not asking for much money out of these people anyway because I just want them to succeed. Right, right. But if I can get to the point that I'm training a bunch of fucking, you know, trophy wives, I'll take that. Yeah, there, there's a good career switch, huh? <laughs> All right. Oh, let's see. Uh, we have, I do have some topics for today. Uh, right off the bat, the, I saw an article that uh, apparently Twitter employees can work home at work at home forever. Now the CEO announced that, uh, while they were, are going to reopen their office and their employees are welcome to come back, the vast majority of them will be able to work at home forever now, if they so choose. Well, and it makes sense. It's, it's a technology company. So like, Personally, in our company, obviously, there's a there's a large development team there as well. And like when we initially sent everyone home, the first thing we did is we took a look at like the next quarter of work that was supposed to be done. And we cut productivity by like 30 percent as far as estimates went. 
Mm-hmm. And we found that like the IT teams out there, depending on their methodology as far as how they work, like some of those teams are actually getting more accomplished than they did when they were in the office. And, and that makes- that's the thing. Like, yeah, if if they're if they're able to stay that productive, like there's no reason for them to have to fucking go into the office and worry about like childcare and fucking worry about traffic and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. If they're able to churn out just as much work with the same, you know, the same level of competency, why not? Right. Exactly. And in your case, I know you're working at home. Would you want to go back to the office or if they gave you the option to stay working at home forever, what would you prefer? So I think with me, it, it would probably have to be a little bit more of a split. Um, so I would want to be there probably, I would say probably like two days a week. Um, there are some like leadership forums and things like that that you pretty much have to be there in person to really get the the same amount out of it. And then also for anybody that works for me, if they're the type of person that prefers to be in the office, I want to still be there for them hmm. in some capacity as well. It sounds like, uh, obviously you don't want to get into too much about who you work for, uh, but it sounds like you have the type of company that, uh, focuses a lot on intangibles. Like you said, like a leadership forum, uh, and, I, I I don't know how common that is in corporate, but like in all the jobs I've ever worked at, they didn't have shit like that. <laughs> you know, uh, well, so it's for a giant, it's for a giant insurance company and there's good. Oh, dude, dude, you're, it's also almost kind of a, you're breaking up really bad, sir. It's almost kind of a, okay. Give me, give me one minute. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, I have been in stuff like that before, but it was like in sales where they want to do like motivational meetings. I worked for this one place where, uh, God, I can't call it a scam cause it was very useful for people that, uh, got use out of it. I worked for a, uh, what's called a warehouse club. They sold subscriptions. Uh, so they'd sell you the ability to come into their showroom and look through catalogs of all kinds of different stuff of everything from cabinets and windows to golf clubs and sporting equipment. And supposedly you're able to buy all the stuff way cheaper than you can for uh, retail. Um, so in that regard, it was a good service. Like I saw people that like were building a house and saved 20 or $30,000 on like their cabinets and all their fixtures and things like that. On the other hand, it cost $3,000 to join this club. So if you weren't, if you didn't have major purchases in your immediate future, it was a horrible choice. Um, and every morning before, and I hated this because I was just a telemarketer. I was just calling people up and asking if they were interested in talking to somebody about it. And then a real sales salesperson would call them. Despite that, they still had me come into a meeting for 45 minutes every day before they started to try to motivate people to be better salespeople. And they'd break out all these like books about things and, you know, and they, they show and they occasionally show videos about mo- with motivational speakers and this, that, and the other. And I hated every fucking second of it. I was like, I don't need this to do my job. I, as a matter of fact, it's actually making me want to do my job a little bit less. Um, I'm assuming that's not the type of stuff they have you doing, right? So I only kind of caught towards the last part there. Um, so what was the question? Well, uh, I worked for a, uh, um, a, uh, in a sales job and it's, it's kind of relevant to what it is at this point, but they had me come in every morning and they sit everybody down for 45 minutes before the the shift started and then like do motivational things like have you, they, you know, they had this book that they'd have you read a couple paragraphs from or a couple pages oh, from God, and no. they discuss it, you know, or they show this motivational video or these sales things. Yeah. It was all, almost all designed to get you up and ready to do your job. And I hated every second of it. I didn't need that to do my job. When you say leadership forums and stuff like that, I'm assuming that's not the type of stuff you're talking about. No, these are generally more like decision management groups and like product councils and things like that. Basically where, so to give you an idea of kind of what I do within insurance, right? So like I will sit on these forums and like individual teams that control like you know, products within a certain state or region, and they're going to make changes on the rates or coverages they offer, like other things they're going to do. They bring those things to us and we kind of talk through their, you know, their decisioning, ask any questions of like what they were thinking, you know, for this move, that move, what have you. Uh, And then kind of at the end, either kind of bless it or say, hey, we want you to look at this, this and this and come back in a couple weeks. Okay. That sort of thing. Why can't that be done uh, via like video conferencing or something like that? 
It can, uh, but when you start getting like executives in the room, like there is something to be said to like looking people in the eye and like paying attention to like people's body language and being able to probe based on that. Like you can see things that you wouldn't necessarily get from a voice um, okay. where they may be a little bit shaky on something and they're trying to just kind of put on the, the tough face for it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it does help when you get in some of those like higher level type meetings, but yeah, it's something that we're doing remote right now. So, right. But that, but that is one of the few things that you'd prefer to do in person. That, and that makes sense. Uh, especially when you're dealing with something where they're trying to sway your opinion. So it's you know, being able to read them physically is probably a good idea. Um, well, and even if it was just like the people like whose opinion has to, you know, I, I hate to say the people whose opinion matter, but the people have to that have to sign off like on these decisions, like even if we were just the ones that had to be there in person, that might help because right. you can just kind of get a feeling from people that way. But right, yeah, right. majority of people like in downtown, we have over 5,000 employees. I think we could probably get it to where, you know, there's less than 500 of us and be just fine. Right, right. Okay, interesting. Yeah, obviously that's not going to happen with me. Uh, they're not going to route all the phone calls through uh, to my house for me to answer them, then transfer them back over to the country club. And I was thinking about this and other reasons. Like <clears throat> for half a second there, I was kind of excited because the part of my job I like the least is the person to person. I'm pretty comfortable talking to people on the phone, much less so in person. The only reason I can do my job is because it's short interactions where in the couple minutes that they're talking to me, they don't, they can't figure out that I'm fucking weird and semi freaking out on the inside. Um, that that's so I never enjoyed that part of the job. Plus on top of that, I am horrible with names. I've worked that place 15 years and I know less than half the names of the members. Part of that is my fault. So I just don't. I'm just not good at it. People said, oh, you need to practice and get better. I'm like, you, you just don't care enough. I certainly do care. It's endangered my job at certain points. I'm just not good at it. That's like telling somebody who can't do algebra that they, you know, that they just need to practice more. Some people just can't do things. Um, so having the member come up to me, hey, Jay, I need a reservation for five or then walk away and me go, fuck, who the fuck was that? Because <laughs> they all expect me to know who they are, especially at this point. It, but on another level, that's not fair in certain ways because I'll have members that I, they've never told me their name. No one, no one's ever pointed at that guy and said, that's so-and-so. But after 15 years, they think I know. Or, or someone that told me their name once and then I don't see them for six months and they come by and want a reservation. Uh, so I would be... The reason I say this is because briefly in my head with all this COVID stuff, I was thinking, oh, maybe they won't make, won't make me do the in-person stuff anymore. But they still need me in that spot because in addition to dealing with all the members, I also deal with any public that happens to wander in the front door. When I say my office is right by the front door, I mean literally at the front door. You walk through the front door of the country club, you look to the left, and there's a window with my smiling face sitting there. Um, so I have to deal with all the like, delivery people that are in the wrong spot, uh, sales people that, you know, come in and an unannounced, uh, guest of members, uh, that don't know where they're going or the member hasn't arrived yet. So, um, I was really hoping that I wouldn't have to deal with that, but I, but more and more I think about it, obviously you know, COVID's not going to change that. I most likely will just have to wear a mask when I go back to work. Well, so it seems like almost your entire life you've chosen to be in customer facing service roles despite you hating that. Like, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I mean, have you ever been good at something you don't like doing, dude? <laughs> Cause that's kind of where I am. Uh, I don't like doing customer service. People make me uncomfortable, but for some reason I'm good at it. Uh, it was like telemarketing. I hated that fucking job, but I was fucking amazing at it. I blew everybody away. I've never worked at a telemarketing job where I didn't do double or triple the numbers of everybody else doing the job. Um, that's why oh, I did. It, I, I had that. Out. So like, when I managed like cell phone locations and things like that. So I worked for both Sprint and Verizon managing their stores. I made a shit ton of money because everything was like commission based, but I fucking, I hated that shit because I don't like dealing with whiny fucking people. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I was great at it. Got the fuck out real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, looking at the, uh, at the chat box, uh, Sly wants to know if I've ever had a legit gay hit on me aggressively. Yes. Many times, Sly. Um, I tell people that I often wish I was gay. 
because uh, if I was gay, I'd be a fucking player. I've had way, way, way more gay guys hit on me than straight women by a long shot. <laughs> um, but that's just not my thing. I, I'm kind of disappointed it, it isn't. Um, how about you, Ryan? You ever had a gay guy hit on you? Yeah, so what? this actually goes back. So I managed a Verizon store in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And one of my employees was this flamboyantly gay dude. Another employee, and this was me fucking up myself. So she was married right out of high school to this dude. And like, as anyone that gets married right out of high school, that shit doesn't last very well. So she was cheating on her husband with me. So the gay guy knew about it. So just anytime he got the chance, like he would walk up and like slap me on the ass and give some like gay overtone just to see like what her reaction is and like what the customer's reactions would be. Mm-hmm. So if, if nothing else, it was hilarious. And I was able to employ this guy to buy my ties because believe it or not, the stereotype's true. Gay guys can fucking pick out fashion. <laughs> Apparently I need that guy. Um, cause I get shit on for my uh, fashion sense all the time on the OG because I work at a country club. I wear suits. Uh, I have a lot of suits. Uh, I've accumulated quite a few over the years. I retire them after they get worn out and such. Uh, plus, uh, I probably have 40 or 50, maybe even 75 ties. I've bought very few of them. Uh, one of the managers at the country club likes to donate his ties to me. He's a very, he's a clothes horse and he goes through stuff and he just like, he's literally, he probably has hundreds of hundreds of them French guy. Um, but whenever I post pictures of me in my suits on the OG, they shit on me. Uh, I like colors for one thing. I like to wear colorful clothes. Uh, so I'll, I'll often wear like a, a dark suit with like a, a red shirt or, or a purple shirt or, or something like that. Because wearing a white shirt with a black suit every day is boring as fuck. Uh, what do you think, Ryan? You think that's, uh, you think that's a poor fashion sense to wear colored shirts or suits? It depends on the actual combination like it depends like are you going generally like a navy or black like a sport coat or is that changing too oh no well there's there's not a lot of options i basically have a black i have black suits i have gray suits i have blue suits and i have like tan suits i'd like to get a couple dark brown suits but i haven't found any that even came close to fitting me uh so that's normally it's black brown uh excuse me black light tan blue or gray those are my four options for suits really most of yeah, them are, I mean, there are, there are some combinations that that can work there and all just kind of depends on what it looks like but yeah i think your problem is you don't necessarily know what to match to what right no and i and i, too, and I then tend and apparently to, your ties are fucking horrendous so you, you <laughs> definitely need to up your tie game well let me put it this way my two my favorite tie is a jerry garcia tie uh, it's a nice tie. It's silk. I, it was expensive. It was a gift. Uh, but apparently almost every, everyone on the OG hates it. It's like this purple and blue swirly mix. Um, and, uh, strangely enough, I get lots of compliments when I, when I'm at work. Um, of course, these are all compliments from old people or the black weight staff. I think I have the taste of a black man to be totally honest with you. <laughs> you like fat white women? Uh, no, I do not. (laughs) Well, then you're not all the way there. No, no, apparently not. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, now it's funny when I, when I first started buying suits, uh, the same guy that gave me the, uh, the ties and stuff he actually suggested where i go shop because he knew i didn't have a ton of money to to do this uh the my work pays for my suits but they don't give me a large budget uh, literally it's 500 dollars a year which as you know from probably buying suits that's not a lot um so normally i get one well, that's or two. one nicely tailored like great suit yeah 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 or and here's a tip for everybody um go to k and g uh i don't know if they're nationwide i, I think they are um this is how it works. A suit starts his life at someplace nice, like Macy's or some, or at one of those really expensive places. And it might cost, five, like you said, $500 for that suit. If they don't sell that suit after about a year or so, they'll will take that suit off the rack and send it to places like uh, Men's Warehouse. Um, and there's a couple other ones like that, but Men's Warehouse is the biggest one. Now that $500 suit is only $250. That $250 suit will hang out at the men's warehouse for a year or two. And if they don't sell it, then they ship that over or basically they, they sell it to another store at a huge loss 
called KG, who takes that $250, $500 original suit, slash the $250, and puts it on sale for $125. It is the so basically you're too. going to the TJ Maxx of suit shops. Yes, but it's the same suit that was in Macy's yeah, four years ago. That, that's the problem. So I wouldn't necessarily advocate going to a Macy's, but go to some place that has a good tailor. And then also, if you're going to some place where you're going to be spending 500 bucks on a suit, you're also going to be dealing with a salesperson that's going to be able to actually pick you out a good looking tie and the right type of shirt to match with that suit. Like there are things that you're missing by going the TJ Maxx route that is fucking up your suit game. <laughs> but, but I think we can agree the suit itself is not the problem because you can buy a suit from Macy's or Norris or Nordstrom's and get a good suit. You don't have to go to like a custom suit place. Um, you can get a good suit, but going to those places, you're not going to get as good of a tailor. So Actually, well, actually, that there I actually, the, I don't use their tailor at all. I buy their suits and bring it to a tailor near my house that I use, uh, that I think she does a good job. Um, I, she get remember, she doesn't get a lot, get a lot to work with for me to find something that fits me, that the arms are long enough. The shoulders are going to be huge. The waist is going to be huge. Um, you know, uh, you know, the, is same thing with, you know, like the legs, uh, the pants, if they're long enough, they're going to have a huge waistband. So she has to alter them pretty severely to get them to fit me. So uh, people may bag on my suits when they see them online, they go and think, Oh, they, they, you know, they fit like shit. I'm like, well, considering what she had to work with, she actually, I think she did a fairly good job. Um, I, uh, I believe the only way I would get a suit that really looked good on me would be to pay a suit maker to custom make me one, you know, like they do like when people go to what Singapore or wherever that is or Vietnam yeah, and have like custom suits made for them and shit. That's a, probably the only way I'm going to get a good looking suit. You could do that. Or this next year, when you get your 500 bucks for a suit, get one good $500 suit and report back to us the difference. Okay, I can do that because if nothing else, uh, I have a back stock of suits. Uh, most when I first started doing that, I couldn't do that. If nothing else, you can't have wear one suit the entire year. Um, so I had to get well, a couple. Yeah, but you've been doing this for like fifteen years at this point, so like you should have a good backlog of things that are acceptable for work. Now's the time that you start kind of playing around with different options and seeing how that turns out. No, so now take that step, get a really nice suit. Make sure it's a place that's very knowledgeable so they can point out and be like, hey, I'd probably go with this tie. I'd probably go with this shirt. Let's go ahead and, you know, get the right measurements. Let's get this all tailored for you. Right. Come back in a week, pick that thing up and then let us uh, let us take a look at that compared to you on your own devices. Yeah, that's probably a good idea because it turns out I don't do well on my own devices. <laughs> so it'll be good. Um yeah, I'll do that next year, actually. Uh, like I right now, I have five suits in my rotation. That um, Three new ones I got this year. And was it? No. Uh, yeah, three new ones I got this year and then two ones from uh, the previous years. Uh, I'm holding on to those two uh, old ones because they're three-piece suits. And they're the only ones I've ever found. Uh, normally, when I go in there, none of the three-piece suits even come close to fitting me. And it turns out I like wearing a little vest. I don't know why. <laughs> Well, that's because you're just slightly more than 63% homosexual. <laughs> I think they look good on me. Uh, if nothing else, uh, I like uh, the three-piece suits in the summer because I can take off my jacket and hang it on the back of my uh, chair and still look fairly professional. Uh, you know, if you take off your, uh, your, uh, jacket and you, you just have the you know shirt and tie on all of a sudden you just look like a guy in a shirt and tie, as opposed to like, you know, someone who should be working at a country club. Cause supposedly I am the face of my country club. That's what they've told me before. <clears throat> Normally when they're yelling at me for not, you know, greeting people at the uh, door, <laughs> uh, so they, this couldn't, is they couldn't get the copyright for sloth from the gloonies. <laughs> so they went with you yes. um, see the issue I have with that is uh, and I, I believe that I'm not doing anything wrong I'm actually doing good when I when someone walks in I make eye contact with them and I smile 
at them if they smile back and if they're not busy I'll, I'll say hello if they're talking with somebody else if they're if they don't make eye contact with me uh if they're like obviously in a hurry i don't say anything to them some people don't want that uh and i've gotten crap from my bosses at work for that before oh you got to greet people when they come in he didn't want me to greet him <laughs> and i think that's actually something i'm good at i'm good at being able to tell the appropriate response to someone coming in the door Eh, it sounds like you figured out how to do that job. Yeah, yeah. At this point, 15 years, uh, you know, I, I make jokes about uh, my uh, title is uh, head of memory communications. Uh, but really, I'm just a receptionist for the most part. A little more than that. But, you know, receptionist, hotel concierge, customer service. But I like to tell people I am the greatest goddamn receptionist that ever walked the face of the earth. Secretary <laughs> Which, J. Which didn't make my night person all that impressed. Because <laughs> you know, there is somebody that does my job when I leave. Uh, they don't do nearly the stuff that I do. Uh, basically, their job is just to answer the phone after I leave until the place closes. <laughs> but still, I'm glad I don't have to be there all day and all night. Random question. This is actually uh, kind of, it's not necessarily a question from the chat. This just popped into my head. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get random, like really bad nosebleeds? Not anymore. Um, I did at, w at one point in my life, and that w was when I was in basic training. Uh, funny story for that. I was uh, in basic training, and we were practicing on the rifle. So we're taking shots downrange. And uh, for people not familiar with how you're supposed to aim the M16 when you're lying down, you're actually supposed to put your nose, tip of your nose, right on the end of the mag, uh, uh, part of the thing. Uh, it's to help you aim better and keep you lined up. Uh, the M16 has almost zero recoil, so you can do something like that. However, just a little tap, 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 tap on my nose while I was taking shots made my nose start to bleed. Uh, drill sergeant came up to me. He goes, oh, you got a nosebleed. I'm like, yes, drill sergeant. He goes, uh, are you from Michigan, private? I'm like, well, yes, drill sergeant, I am. He goes, yeah, I kind of figured you are. You Michigan boys always get nosebleeds when you come down here to Oklahoma. Uh, apparently, Oklahoma has a lot. Uh, lower humidity than Michigan does and it makes us uh, Michigan boys that are used to the higher humidity get nosebleeds interesting so basically the answer is no you don't really get random nosebleeds no no other than that that the, during that time I got them all the time other than that no not really how about yourself yeah I generally get a couple a year they're just random and they're fucking terrible you, now that has me worried that the guy that has everything wrong with him doesn't have this happen. <laughs> no. Uh, uh. Now, when you say random, random nosebleeds, like gushers, like it just pouring out. Yeah, absolutely. It'll just start and feel something trickle down and then it just like won't stop for a good like hour. Wow. That's weird. And you're totally random. You've never been, been able to figure out what triggers them, huh? No, but it also is worrisome when Homelander's in the chat talking about traumatic brain injury like i've i've had my my head rattled around quite a bit mm. um it's you've never uh, talked to a doctor about it no it's, it's mm. not like it's that big of a deal it's just you lose some blood for like an hour right right <laughs> yeah I, no and... it's not when it's not even when lifting it'll be completely like i've had the deadlifting nosebleed before and that's a fucking ridiculousness yeah, this is more just like sitting there, and so all of a sudden it's like, oh, nose is bleeding. That's great. That's weird. Yeah, it's not um, like I have a coke habit or something. Like I'm not the drug guy, but <laughs> so, so you haven't done permanent damage to your nostrils or anything like that that would explain it. No, it's definitely not that. I mean, I've broken my nose like four times, but mm -hmm. that really shouldn't be it either. It's been properly yeah. fixed each time. Yeah, I, I've broken my nose enough times that when it happens, it, it doesn't even really bleed anymore. It's not a big deal. <clears throat> eh, I guess it's just my brain slowly liquefying and finding its way out. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I did have a couple topics, at least one that I really wanted to hit on, just because it's probably something you'd be interested in. There's a guy named Daniel Sylvia who was on Ink Masters. Uh Apparently, he was arrested for murder after a drunk, uh, after a drunk driving car crash killed uh, his friend that he was driving around with, who is some YouTuber named Corey something or another. Um, and I was wondering if you'd ever heard of the guy or anything like that. Um, what's the name again? Daniel Sylvia. Sylvia. Yeah, I guess I should. You know what? I didn't do my, enough more research. I should. Be, I should have been able to tell you what. Uh, 
uh, season he was on. I saw oh, something that said... You mean Daniel Silva. Silva, is that, isn't that what I said? God damn it, Jay. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Silva. That's exactly what I said. You must have misheard me. You're Here I am Googling that. some dude that like teaches at Harvard or some shit. <laughs> um, Sad you heard yeah, this, dude? I, I'm looking at the guy right now. I never even remember seeing this guy. Is he like one of the recent seasons, I wonder? I don't know. Um, do, 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 do. Ink Master Tattoo. I think I, I saw a screenshot that said Angel, Ink Master Angels under it. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that was... Uh, in, in, oh, he was on season 10 and one in episodes of the of the spinoff Ink Master's Angels. So he was on season 10, didn't win it, and but what, apparently they had a spinoff for Ink Master that had individual episode wins that he won a, a uh, episode of. Oh, yeah, I'd never heard of him. I, I, the problem with Ink Master anymore is like after being on that show, like it's not as interesting to watch anymore. Mm, right, right. I can imagine that. Yeah. See, I, I not having a uh, cable, I have trouble finding episodes of it. So I have to, uh, I don't, I think I don't, I think I've only seen like the first five or six seasons. Yeah. I saw, so, your, I saw I, your episode though. I really, I really want to go back and watch that one again. <laughs> yeah. So I was on season five. And then I went to the finale of season six, seven, and eight. And then I stopped even going to the finales. I actually don't even think I get the emails anymore after I stopped going for like three years. But uh, yeah, I'd never heard of this guy. Okay. Well, that takes care of the conversation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, once again, it, you know, someone got drunk. He got drunk on his birthday. He even said on like his uh, Twitter or something, I might get a little drunk. And then took a car out at a high rate of speed and crashed it and killed his buddy that was in a car with him. So he's being charged with murder. And I don't have any problems with that. I think that's the appropriate thing. If you, if you kill somebody while you're driving drunk, that's murder. Yeah, I I'm with you. That's the one thing, like I've known a lot of people that have driven drunk and I think most people have that's like, that's the one thing I've never touched. Definitely against that one. And I think part of that is I had uh, a friend, uh, growing up that his parents were killed by a drunk driver. They were actually out on their anniversary. And this is when he was really young. I think like five or six years old. They were out on anniversary, like went and got a uh, horse and carriage ride mm -hmm. and a drunken asshole bowled through them, killed the horses, killed them, killed the guy that was, that was doing the whole thing. Yeah. That oh, was, God. that was fucked up. And like, so he had a really weird life anyway. So like lose your parents at that age, his parents fucking owned like the, uh, local bank. Oh, geez. So he had a ridiculous amount of money and like he was pretty much him. So they had to have like all sorts of proxies in place for like the establishment of that thing. And then like he pretty much turned into a burnout after high school because he had no, I no clue how to like live life. Mm. I don't know what the fuck happened there, but yeah, he, he basically owned a bank from the time he was five. Wow. Yeah. And in certain cases, uh, having money early is not a good thing. I, I see that quite often uh, working at a country club. You see two types of kids there, um, the highly motivated and the no mo not motivated at all. Um, I mean, some of these some of these rich people's kids are smart. They, you know, they know that they have an opportunity ahead in front of them and they take it. Uh, I've seen some of these kids at like 16 start companies. Yes, they're getting huge advantages from their rich parents, but they're doing it themselves. I mean, you know, all their parents are doing is providing the money. They're putting all the work in. Um, but then again, I also see kids uh, that don't work at, will never work. There's a gentleman at the club who's in his fifties. He hasn't worked a day in his life. He's a trust fund baby. Uh, cause his parents are also members and they're super duper rich. I remember having a conversation with him before. Um, he has to spend more than a thousand dollars a day just to stop, just to break even on, on the interest that's in his trust fund. So his trust fund well, generates $365,000 a year, uh, uh, plus whatever he has actually in it. Yeah, that's kind of roughly where this kid was. It's like, so he had, again, there was already somebody like hired to take care of all of this for basically his life. But like all of his bills were taken care of. And basically the only limitation he had is he could um, only withdraw $2,000 a day. 
<laughs> so he was actually even better off than this guy was. Um, yeah, like that was the only fucking guideline. So like when this kid turned 18, he spent like probably around a grand a day for almost a year at strip clubs because he was kind of awkward. <laughs> but like that was the attention he could get. Oh, I bet you it was some attention too, man. You you drop a thousand dollars a day at the strip club, you're going to be very popular. Maybe not the first day or two, but when you when they figure out that you're coming there every day, you're their new favorite person. I bet. Well, and it didn't help. Like that was also when I was running security at the place, and he's two or three years younger than me. Um, but I was doing security there, so I had to like put it in a girl's mind. So I'm like, do not take advantage of this, dude. Because if you do, I will stop like hiding all hey, the we, fucking crazy shit that you do. <laughs> hello, hey, yeah. we, well, hello there, caller. How are you doing today? I'm good. What's going on, buddies? You good? Yeah. Excellent. Man, how are you doing? I'm perfect, uh, especially hearing your voices. Well, thank you. And, are you are uh, you a first time Are you a first time listener, sir? Yeah, kinda. And I got interested you're, you're, in this topic. And okay, is you. Right. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're just talking about, about rich people and things like that. Do you have anything to add to the topic? No, I just wanted to just say uh, thank you to you guys and uh, for this uh, interesting topic. And uh, well, thank you. that's just that and appreciations. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, we All always, right. uh, we always like, we always like compliments here. All right. We're going to let you go then if you don't get anything else to talk about. But I appreciate the call, yeah. sir. You have, you have a great day, bud. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Cool. That was fun. Uh, I always like getting calls. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so in and this guy that's the uh, um, trust fund guy, he's a nice guy. As long as you don't fuck with his golf, he gets upset really fast if he can't play golf uh, the way he wants to. Like, you know, if uh, too many guests on the course or other members are playing slow or things like that. He's there every day He from like 6 a.m. to about, 8 p.m. or so, you know, he plays two or three rounds. If he's not at the country club, that means he's out of town following a band. Like for one for one year, we didn't see him almost the entire year because he was following the Rolling Stones around. Uh, he went and saw every single time they played, which to me, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't want to see the band that many times in a row myself, but I, I guess if you're that into the band, it's cool. What do you think, Ryan? Would you follow a band around if you had the ability to do so? No. I, I have a feeling I'd burn myself out. Like it's going to be the same set list every fucking city. And it's just like, at some point you're just going to start like nitpicking performances and being like, Oh, this wasn't as good as, you know, four weeks ago in Minneapolis. God damn. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's see. All right. I guess you can probably move on to another topic. We worked that one over pretty good. Uh, did you see that uh, UFC 249 did over 700,000 views or sales rather? Yeah, which is ridiculously high for the whole ESPN Plus thing. Like, you still see it. So you see a lot of the people that don't necessarily watch this much complaining, like uh, uh, Pat McAfee. Like, I listened to his show generally, like, a little bit during the day. He was talking about it, that he really hadn't ordered a pay-per-view since the ESPN deal. Mm -hmm. So he was watching the prelims, everything else, figured he could fucking order it on his TV ended up, you know, not being able to, having to fucking dig around to find a goddamn laptop, not even sure if the thing was going to work, having to do that and then beam it to his TV. So, like, it's still a, a cumbersome process. Mm -hmm. So, 700,000 on ESPN+, Plus, that's a million plus on, like, traditional pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's even more impressive because they, while the card itself was amazing, they didn't have any of their big headliners uh, that traditionally drive uh, pay-per-view sales. So in certain regards, it's even more impressive. And I think they said it's the biggest one they've did since the last Conor McGregor fight, which did like a little over a million, I think. Well, probably because I think it was right after that they went into this whole fucking ESPN Plus ridiculous shit. Right. But yeah. It's... other fight news, we got fights tomorrow. Oh, God damn. We're definitely not going to do a fight companion because middle of the week, fuck that. I'm not no. staying up ridiculously late. No, no, um, that's not we, that's not expected of us. We, we only do the weekend ones. But we can definitely run through the card. Do you want to make yeah. some picks? Yeah, yeah. Let me pull that up and we can do that because tomorrow, uh, you know, it'll be going on by the time we're talking about it. 
see. Yeah, so I have that pulled up. Um, if anybody wants to call in and give their picks, if not, you can also give your picks in the thread up until the you know the event starts. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first fight of the evening is Chase Sherman versus Isaac Villanueva. God, I I didn't wasn't sure. I, I'm actually surprised Chase Sherman's fighting. I thought he stopped doing it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't okay. seen him for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm both of them. I'm not really super familiar with. I'm going to pick Chase just because I like his uh, nickname, the Vanilla Gorilla. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm. I'm going Chase Sherman. Um, I think Villanueva. He's older. He's been around, but like he's. I don't. I think this might be his first UFC fight. Um, so I think this really is just hopefully to get Chase Sherman a win. I mean, he's a relatively entertaining guy. Hmm. Okay. Now they, uh, wow. Yeah. Um, the, the site that I'm, uh, I'm looking at, it actually gives their last five fights. Um, and chase sermons lost last four in a row. Um, on the other hand, this Villanova guy, they only list one fight, a loss in 2016 versus T Giles. So, uh, while chase might be having bad luck, it, uh, I think he's probably got this one. There we go. We're both on uh chase Sherman. Mm-hmm. Okay, who's next? Uh, next fight is Hunter Azur against Brian Kelleher. God, uh, I don't know who either of these guys are. Um, and this is becoming a problem with me. Uh, at one point, I knew everybody from start to finish. But more and more, I don't really pay attention to some of the prelim stuff. Uh, and this is why where I get to encounter stuff like this, where I, I, I can't pick them. I don't know who's... Uh, Okay, if I was okay, if I was doing my MMA picks things, I'd look at him and go, uh, let's see. Probably Keller cuz just cuz he has more history. Or Kelly. Yeah, so I think I think it's Hunter's first fight in the UFC. I don't necessarily know much of his background. I know he's undefeated. Um, but yeah, I'm probably going to go Kelleher here as well. Okay, who we got next? Uh, next fight is Gabriel Benitez versus Omar Antonio Morales Ferrer. Man, that's a lot. He's got a long name. Um, let's see. Uh, well, and he has a shit nickname. Yeah. <laughs> so the nicknames you have Gabriel Mogli Benitez and Omar is the Venezuelan fighter. <laughs> the only one, huh? I, that's a lot of responsibility. I, I uh, I'm going to go with uh, with uh, Mogli uh, just because he has more history. I'm looking at this thing. He's he's fought more times in the UFC than uh, uh, Mr. Morales, uh, who's only fought once back in December of 2019. Um, I mean, now, of course, uh, Benitez, uh, let's see, he's got a loss versus Edison Barzola. Uh, hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, then a win Barzola? versus... You mean Barbosa? No, B A R Z O L A. It says E Barzola. I, I, I probably shouldn't have thrown in the Edison. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've never heard of any people that he fought, but he at least has more uh, uh, experience at the UFC. So I'm going with uh, Benitez. I think I'm going to go ahead and go with the Venezuelan fighter. I mean, if he got the nickname of Venezuelan fighter, that means he's the absolute toughest motherfucker in the entire country. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a lot. Of, like I said, that's a lot of responsibility. I'm hope you, hopefully you can handle it. All right. So, well, there's our first pick that we disagree on. What's next? Sir? All right, n- next fight. Um, number 15 ranked Sajara Eubanks versus Sarah Morris. Well, I want Sarah Morris to win just because I don't like Eubanks. She missed weight, which makes her a shitty person in my eyes. Um, but realistically speaking, she's probably going to pound Morris out. Yeah, Eubanks is going to win. Uh, Morass needs to embrace the last name and stop wearing the baggier shorts. Um, <laughs> well, her nickname is Cheesecake. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, Eubanks is going to win. Better fighter. Probably kind of a boring fight. We'll see. No, I guess we won't see. She already made weight, so I guess that's one win for her. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, yep. Uh, let's see. Okay, who's next then? Um, next fight, Michael Johnson versus Tiago Moises. Mm. Now that's interesting. At one point, uh, Michael Johnson looked like a fucking world beater. Uh, it didn't last long, but, but he's one of those guys that I don't think he, he has ever really met up to his potential. 
looking at the other guy, do, 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 do. Um, I think I'm going to pick the other guy just because I don't trust Michael Johnson. He's too uh, wishy-washy on his fights. I'll take Johnson. I mean, he's been around for a while, um, actually almost forever. actually saw him fight live uh, back in the Midwest for a while before he even got into the UFC. Mm. Um, so we'll go Michael Johnson. It'll be a decision if he wins, though. Yeah, yeah, he, he pro- that's who I probably should be picking. On paper, he's uh, definitely got the advantage, but I'm going to pick the other guy just because I don't trust him. All right, who's next? All right, next fight is Andre Arvlosky versus Philippe Linz. I think there should be a rule against people fighting other people old enough to be their dads. <laughs> Because that's what this looks like. I'm just looking at the picture, and Jesus Christ, man. I I don't know how old Arlovsky actually is, but in fight years, he's 140. Yeah, and he's... I just don't know why he's fighting anymore. It's the heavyweight division, and he had that run a couple years ago where he knocked a couple people out, but... Mm-hmm, yeah. See, I, th- this one makes me feel bad because he was like... Uh, when I very first started uh, watching UFC back in like 2005... He was still pretty active and pretty fucking scary. Uh, he declined right after that, but I still remember him being someone that you legitimately did not want to fight. Yeah, I I struggle with this one. Like, I just don't want to see Arvlosky fight anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's one of those guys that you really wished had found a, a secondary income at this point. Uh, cause he's not doing himself any favors at heavyweight. Every single time you get into a fight, it, it could be your last fight and not because you, they won't book you anymore because you can't fight anymore or count or tell the difference between watermelons and cantaloupes and shit like that. You know, uh, fucking serious brain damage is a possibility at heavyweight. Right. So as far as fight pick goes, I will go with, uh, Linz. I think he actually won the, uh, world series of fighting heavyweight tournament. Oh shit. That's actually that's, that's an accomplishment. Yeah, so he at least at least he's not a nobody. Um, and if you if you touch Arvlosky's chin, like there's probably a good chance he's going to go down. Yeah, yeah, very true. That's sad. Oh well. All right, who's next? <laughs> All right, first fight of the main card, we have Carl Roberson versus Marvin Vittori. Ooh, okay, this is interesting in that, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, I, I'm using a website called MMA Playground. They do fantasy picks and things like that. That It gives me information that, uh, that I use for my picks. One of the things that they do is it, when the fight approaches, if more a certain amount of people pick one person over another person, they give the other person something called underdog status, and you get extra points if you pick him and he wins. They're giving Carl Robinson Robertson uh, underdog status, uh, status on this one. So apparently not many people think he's going to win. What do you think? Well, Vittori is definitely the more established fighter. Uh, Roberson, I think, came from the Contender Series. Hmm. Um, even with that, yeah, I don't know on this one. I'll go with Roberson. I think Vittori has... I think he was supposed to fight earlier before all this COVID shit happened. So he might have a little bit of ring rust there. Uh, right. So yeah, let's just let's go Roberson. Why the fuck not? Sure, why not? Uh, physically speaking, he looks like the scarier fighter, but obviously that doesn't mean anything. All right, who's next? Uh, next up, we have Ricky Simon versus Ray Borg. Oh, my. And here, speaking of features that this website has, they also have something they call the hot fight. It's worth double points. It's the fight that is the most closely picked. So of all the fights on this uh, uh, card, According to the people picking fights on this website, this is the closest match. Um, hmm, Ray Borg, just because I, I like his name. <laughs> yeah, so Ray Borg's been around quite a while. Ricky Simon, isn't that the guy that uh, Faber beat, I think? No, no, he lost versus Faber. No, I'm saying Faber beat Simon. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I misunderstood. Yes, uh, Faber beat him, which is, if once again, if this is like 2005, that's nothing to be ashamed of. But here in 2019, 2020, if uh, Uriah is beating you, you might have issues. And I hate saying that because I love Faber. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. Uh, you just seem like a mellow, chill dude. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go Borg. Um, I don't know. Losing to Faber at this point, while it's probably not a huge negative, I just I don't think it speaks well. well uh, his, so yeah, let's his, go well, uh, Ray well, Borg. Simon's biggest win is versus uh, Ronnie Yaha. So that tells you anything. Next fight. <laughs> okay, who do we got? Got number fifteen ranked Alexander Hernandez versus Drew Dober. Dober's not ranked, huh? Did not oh. know that. Oh, let's see. Um, I'm gonna go with Dober. I'm not really confident on that pick, but uh, I, you know, he has uh, more experience, if nothing else, and I, I just think he's gonna be able to pull it out. Uh, don't make me pick how though. Yeah, so Hernandez had a lot of hype. Um, he was the one that was shit talking a bunch when he was uh, when he went in there against Cerrone and got his ass kicked. Uh, but with the hype, maybe he learned from it a little bit. I think he won his next fight back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll go Alexander Hernandez. Okay, I'll go with Dober for no particular reason. <laughs> All right, who's next? Christ, this is kind of a bad card. The next yeah, I, is the co-main event of the evening, mm-hmm. featuring unranked Ben Rothwell versus unranked Ovin St. Prue. Isn't this uh, Ovin's first fight at heavyweight? Yep. Oof. Mm. Ben Rothwell is one of those guys that is way better than you expect him to be. You know, um, I, you know, every single time uh, he's won, it surprised me. I, I, you know, uh, but then again, he's only had one win in his last four fights against poor Steven Struve, the seven foot guy who fights like a five foot five guy. Um, yeah, he lost versus Arlovsky. Uh, okay. You know what? That's, that's all I need to know. I'm, I'm going about with, uh, Mr. St. Peru. Yeah, I think I'm going the same. Rothwell's getting up there in age. Like he's, He's a game guy, but yeah, I just, I don't know. And one of St. Prue's problems at, you know, light heavyweight is he was always a little slow and prodding, but like, he's not going to get out quicked by Ben Rothwell. No, no. Now Rothwell might take him down and submit him, uh, but maybe not either. You know, I'm looking at their records and Rothwell is mostly a KO artist. He's only got six submissions in his entire career, um, as opposed to 28 KOs or TKOs. Uh, while uh, St. Peru is a l- little bit more um, spread out with 11 KOs and eight submissions. So uh, he, I don't think Rothwell's even better on the ground than him. That being the case, I don't really see a path for him to win. And extra fight knowledge here. Homelander thinks that uh, OSP might be one of the dumbest fighters he's ever met. <laughs> for reals. Well, you know. So if this um, turns into a chess match, he definitely won't win. Uh, yeah, well, hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, and obviously we know who the last, uh, the main fight is. That's going to be Anthony Smith versus Glover Texera. Did I say that right? No, no. How do you, how do you, the main that? event of the evening? We have number four ranked Anthony Smith mm-hmm. versus number eight Glover Teixeira. Teixeira. There's no S's in there. <laughs> I and it's know. Glover, not Glover. Glover. <clears throat> Okay, I, I can see that one. That could be I, that could be pronounced either way, and that's how he pronounces it. But there's no ec, there's no s's in his last name. How could it be Texira? That's under- how it's pronounced. I don't understand language. All right, well, who do you got? I've got Anthony Smith. I wouldn't be surprised if Glover goes out there and pulls the upset because he tends to fucking do these things. But I mean, Glover's been around forever. Like you're not going to get anything past him. Smith is just the younger, faster, better fighter. Um, so we'll see how much he's uh, improved from from that loss to John Jones. But I just I don't see a way Glover takes this one. No, no. Uh, now the this is the only other fight where they're awarding someone the underdog status, and it's obvious who it is. Um, I'm going to go with Anthony Smith. Uh, as an aside, he has one of the least fighter-like faces I've ever seen in my life. He's so baby-faced. <laughs> it's, it's kind of amusing to watch him fight because it's looking like a baby beating the fuck out of somebody. <laughs> Is that just me? No, there's been other people like that. 
Yeah, yeah, but still, that, that's that's just amusing as hell. Um, so well, the, the, so there's our picks, and look at the time. You got anything else you want to talk about before we got out of here? We managed to fill a whole hour with this stupid shit. <laughs> well, the other thing we should figure out, like, are we going to do a companion to the fight night on Saturday? Um, I think it'll be shorter, I believe, because it's just prelims and main card. There's not the early fights. Right, um, right. Yeah, if nothing else. It should get done an hour earlier. So it looks like the main card starts at nine as opposed to ten. Okay, and they might yeah, and they might not show everything else on it, so we might not have to start as. Uh, well, we'll probably start at our normal time just because people expect us to. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, I don't mind doing it. We can do it. You know, it was fun last time. Uh, long but fun. Um, I guess we just and yeah have to, to the chat. Up. This is yeah. This is the uh, Walt Harris versus Overeem. Definitely mm-hmm. some better fights here. Like the uh, the prelim main event is has Matt Brown, so that mm. will always be a fun fight. Oh shit, dude! <laughs> you no kidding, man. Uh, one of my favorite fighters of all time, and just a cool dude. This once again one of re- real one of the reasons I really enjoyed watching the Ultimate Fighter was getting to know people. I wouldn't be such a big fan of Matt Brown if I didn't know his personality that went along with his awesome fighting style. Yeah, he's just an out there fucking dude. Like he just wants to battle. Yeah, yeah, yes, very much so. So, yeah, it looks like the quality of fights for this uh, Saturday's card is a little bit better than tomorrow's. So, yeah, yeah. like the top few fights on here should be decent. Obviously, Overeem versus Harris. Hmm. Uh, then you have Claudia de Gedalia versus uh, Angela Hill. Who is quickly Dan turning Ige. into the female uh, uh, Cowboy Cerrone. She fights a ridiculous amount of times, you know. I mean, if you look, look yeah. she fought... <laughs> She fought in June. She fought in September. She fought in January. She fought in February. Now she's fighting again. She will take a fight whenever you offer her one. I, I'm, I'm a fan of her, actually. Well, it's a smart move, right? So she's not like a top five talent, but she knows if she takes any fight that's ever given to her, like she's going to have a job as long as she fucking wants it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I interrupted you while you're going over the card. Go ahead and proceed. My bad. Ah, yeah, so there's that fight. Uh, then we have Dan Ige versus Edson Barbosa, Eric Anders versus Kristoff Jotko, uh, Song Yadong versus uh, Marlon Vera. So, like, basically all of the main card fights should be uh, pretty decent fights. And then, obviously, the main event of the prelims is decent, too. Right, The rest right, yeah. of the prelims is a little... I mean, it's prelims, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's just play the how many names do you recognize game. Uh, first fight, no, nobody. Second fight, uh, yes, be only because I'm really into female MMA. Third fight, uh, one person, Darren Elkins. Fourth fight, nope, nobody. Fifth fight, uh, Anthony Hernandez. Sounds familiar, but it might be thinking of a different guy. Then Matt Brown, uh, you get in there. Uh, then after that, from that point on, up, they're all good fights. But yeah, you're right. The first uh, three or four of them are meh. Doesn't mean the funny thing is that normally uh, means for a really good fight because these no name people that when they get their uh, chance to get on the card, they a lot of them shine. Absolutely, yeah. It's like this has one of those. This can be one of those you know, cards that ends up being ridiculously good, despite having quite a few people on there you've never heard of. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, so we're definitely going to do it. Uh, we're not sure if we're going to be on at our regular time and just truck along for the entire time, or if we'll pick it up at part way. Probably just do it at our normal time. People expect us on at six, anyways, right? Yeah, and that matches right up to to when it starts. So fights will right. be starting right then, and then uh, just roll through. Luckily, this should not go fucking till one a.m. again. It should be done by midnight. <laughs> yeah, that was a long one. Wow. Yeah, so that'll, that'll be good. Um, I'd like to make a special announcement for the first time in 50-something episodes at this point. We did not run out of topics before the end of the show. Yay! <laughs> uh, matter of fact, we barely touched my topics. I'll save some of them for tomorrow. Uh, as always, I want to thank the OG uh, Army for showing up at the chat box. You guys are the show. Uh, I want to thank that random dude that called just to say he liked our show. That's, I appreciate that. I wish he had more to say. I felt kind of bad kicking him off, but he said he didn't have anything to talk about. So, <laughs> and well, you could have uh, just interviewed the guy. Be like, "Hey, where are you from? What do you like to do?" Yeah, you're How right. How many have you had sex with? You're right. We probably should have done that. I, I, but we were in the middle of a topic and he wasn't adding to it. So I really wasn't sure what to do with the guy tomorrow. If we have next time we get a call like that, we'll, we'll drop our topic and do an impromptu interview. Cause I think that's what uh, people would enjoy. Yep. Well, yeah, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't like the, you know, the crown prince of Kenya, like we had before. God, we're never going to replicate that guest again. Are we? <laughs> 
shit. And uh, there, people are throwing uh, ideas in the uh, chat box for topics for tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk about anything you guys want, man. Uh, Sly Dog wants to talk about money. Okay, well, sure, we can do that. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to be back tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Uh, hey, Ryan, you got anything else you want to add? Absolutely. And the most important announcement of all time, fuck all y'all. You guys have a great night. We'll see everyone tomorrow.